We are all connected. So join me as I talk to like-minded people about topics that are appropriate to the current times we are living in. My name is Lerato Shabalala and this is Relevant. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to another um, episode of uh, Relevant with me, Lerato Shabalala. Remember, you can uh, go to my uh, YouTube channel to access the vodcast because it's so cute, me and my guests, so we deserve to be seen. Um, but if you're in your car, you can go wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, um, Iona, Spotify, and yeah, subscribe, share, comment. Um, so many of you have been just giving us some great feedback. People who watched Tando and uh, how much she educated us, Tando Hopper, she was amazing. So this week I'm also talking to another powerhouse of a woman. Um, just I was actually thinking, I was saying to her off air that um, we are her and I talk a lot, so we are going to have to try and bumper ourselves to not go over an hour because it's going to be so hard. She's incredibly accomplished. She is a marketing strategist. She is a mother of three, a wife, um, many accolades. Uh, just last year, she studied a, a, a bachelor uh, in arts, which I'm going to ask her about. She really, really has worked for some of the most amazing brands that I love that I'm wearing currently right now on my face <laughs> and on my body from Tom Ford to Mac, Jesus, to Smashbox. She is just um, a beauty industry pioneer. I am so excited and so thrilled to be speaking to the brand general manager at the one of the biggest, I think it's the biggest in the country, eh, Homoto? A clinic. Yes, on, on prestige. Uh, we are the biggest skincare uh, prestige uh, brand in the country, yes. And you are the brand custodian for that. I mean, so sorry to promise a to, right? Except when you come from the nicer part of Senville. I wish, I wish. We, we need to talk about this nicer part. <laughs> you know what? I think it is because Mpumezola. So yeah, yeah. a little bit of an, uh, you are a little yes. bit of an improvement, you know. Yes. I'm thrilled to be talking to you and we're going to talk about a whole lot of things. Um, but I want to start off with a question I was, I was really thinking about. I was like, what do you start with with somebody as accomplished as you? And especially with the year we've had with COVID-19 and just some of the things that have happened throughout this year. You work for a company that was started by a woman. I mean, in 1946, Estee Lauder opened her first shop in New York. And as you know, the last sort of two to three years have been huge in terms of the movement of women and us taking up space and us uh, really saying we um, are going to move forward and be intentional with what we want to do with our lives. And you work for a woman who was a pioneer. What? Is that like knowing we still face patriarchy now and she was busting down doors back then? Is, isn't that just incredible? That, you know what, and I think that that's part, of, that's part of the reason why my journey has been filled with so much accomplishment because not only do I work for a brand that was started by a woman, but I work for incredible women. 
um, mm-hmm. throughout my career. So when I, I mean, you know, it's, it's funny when you, when you always start an interview, you, you always think, ah, oh, where are you going to start? And I always like to start from the beginning because that gives great context. You know, um, mm-hmm. my, my psychologists, because I have a shrink. and Because our mental health is important. We need to have therapists. That's great. Yeah. Embrace it. Exactly. <laughs> took me through my river of life and she believes in the river of life so much and she says um you you, you look at the river of, of your life and you pinpoint moments and memories and peoples and times and epochs where you felt like this was a life-changing moment and to be honest with you that the my career and the start of my career with Estee Lauder was probably one of the biggest life-changing moments for, for a while, I was hired by women. I worked for women. And it's quite interesting because the cosmetic world is actually still quite male-dominated. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's numbers and figures and money and, 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 and also it's, it's, it's basically fast-moving consumer goods. And, and, and you know, historically, uh, men have worked in, in, in number-driven um, um, careers. Uh, but I, I was hired by an amazing um, white South African woman who who when, I, when she interviewed me, one of the things that she asked me was my taste in music. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we spoke about my history and my career and then the, the, the conversation ended off with what is your taste in music and what do you do? What do you, what, what do you like to listen to during the weekends? You know, and then she took a term called White Patchouli at the time. It was, it was probably Ooh. one of the top selling at the time and she sprayed it on me and she said, you deserve this because you, you, you feel like a bunch of flowers. Yes. Uh, and, and, I, and I think that that in and of itself was rubber stamping what I've always believed about myself, but to see other people see it in me was amazing because, because we're not from the easiest of backgrounds, right? <laughs> so I, so my, my career started off with, well, my, my career at Estee Lauder started off with women. And when we, when we started with changing the face of the brand, and I'm sure you've seen it over the yes. past eight or nine how the brand has literally, yeah. how the Estee Lauder brand in and of itself has changed. I worked on the Estee Lauder brand. I started as a product man- marketing manager on the Estee Lauder brand, and I worked with some amazing, amazing black and white women. And uh, that was the first time that the brand decided that they're going to tap into the power of the founder, uh, Estee Lauder. Mm. And um, she, one of the things that she always used to say was that every woman can be beautiful. And I know that you know about every woman being yes. beautiful because yes. hi. That was the first time that, and it was only when the brand decided to tap into the heritage of the founder, which was every woman can be beautiful and there are no no ugly women, just lazy women. Mm. Um, (laughs) And that was really the beginning of the magic of turning the brand into not just a black brand, a white black brand, or it was a brand for every woman. And there was something luxurious and self-careish about the brand. Um, and, and that resonated even in the way in which we worked. I mean, I worked for one of the most brilliant women minds to this day, Sue Fox, for me Ooh. remains the we epitome all know of- Sue Fox. As a former magazine editor, if you do not know Sue Fox, you don't know life. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Sue, Sue was probably one of the people that genuinely, genuinely believed in me. Um, Sue, Sue took me to New York to, to go and present to the leadership teams of all of the brands, vice presidents. And um, not once did she, tell, did she tell me how to speak, how to do it. She just put me in front of the audience and she says, you, you speak the story of the South African black woman. You tell mm. them why you need 
traits. You tell them why you need an oil controlling moisturizer. You must tell them about the 12 o'clock shine, which I think I have. (laughs) (laughs) What a big moment where you're not. So I was listening to um, a a podcast you were on, The She Brigade, which was a fantastic interview with you. Um, And um, one of the things you said there was stuck with me and I'll never forget it. And I'll tell you why I'll never forget it. One of my favorite quotes is by Maya Angelou. She says, uh, modesty is for liars. She says, people who are modest uh, sort of in, inherently, they'll have their backs up and they'll be narcissistic. But if you have worked hard for something, you worked hard to look good, you worked hard for your body and somebody compliments you, you should be able to take it. And one of the things you said in there is that I always knew I was great. I always knew I was great. I always thought I was meant for something bigger. So when the something bigger is arriving, you're in New York, you are now, it's like, rise to the occasion what was that like or like your nerves how how did you feel or were you like yeah i'm gonna take up space this is my moment you know i spent <laughs> you're gonna laugh i spent the morning listening to a mixture of guaido <laughs> and like like deep african gospel you have to because, because I've got to continue, you've got to continue to ground yourself, right? This moment is big. Yes. It's a big moment. And I can remember it vividly because I had my, there's a little speaker that I, I, I would travel with because I've worked in Sub-Sahara and you need, like music becomes your friend and your companion. Otherwise, then you just club every day, all day. <laughs> um, and I, I've got this little JBL speaker that I take with me everywhere. And I remember I was playing it. I mean, we were at, I don't even know what the name of the hotel was, but it was literally in, in the heart of New York. And I remember opening up um, the blinds and thinking, gosh, it's that morning. And I thought, you got to go back and, and ground yourself. Oh, yes. And you've got you've to go back and just ground yourself. And I remember listening to Kwaito, Kijaiva, like, <laughs> go back to I don't know. You, you know, you know the, the streets between Zolali Dukes. There's always that mixture. <laughs> when they say, <laughs> And then the girls still decide to go. I was, I found myself in there, in, in the, in this, in this space between Zondilitos, you know, where I, I had to, I had to ground myself because yeah. the reminder of where you come from, um, remi- not only does it remind you of your journey, but also for me, it was, you, you are that, you are that great that you've made it here. Yeah. You, 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 it, it was, it was, this is supposed supposed to happen to yeah. you, right? But I, I find that I've got to bring a little bit of my my history with me to go, Marila, Bona, what's happening? see what's happening. And I remember that morning I woke up, I, I always try to wear something African and not because I'm trying to be like, for people to compliment no. me, but I, another I, grounding thing. Right? So I remember I was wearing these, um, this necklace. Remember there was a time when there was that, um, necklace that was basically fabric right yes. there were lots of these yes. fabrics. And i was wearing that with black because I, I i i really love black with a red lip and i stood in front of the audience and i was introduced by a white colleague and we were we were uh, discussing the nigerian consumer together with the south african consumer because we, we were we wanted to go um strategically into nigeria we are now and um she introduced us and she said my name in a way i was uncomfortable 
And then she said, oh, we um, was going to talk to you about the Nigerian consumer. Actually, she looks so great. She could be Nigerian. I said, no, I'm not. No, no. <laughs> and then she said, yeah, but she looks so amazing. You could be. I said, no, I'm not. No. And I remember Sue standing there going. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I reintroduced myself and I felt my power as soon as I did that. I said, my name is Humoto Musiani. I am from South Africa and I am going to take you through the needs of a South African woman. And from that moment, I just flowed because I grounded myself and I found a sense of, remember in the morning, Kimamu did guiding. Yes. And then now, I'm, I'm, and now somebody's trying to misrepresent me and I'm like, nah, no. I am who I am. So you, you write to the occasion, but you remember who you are. And, and, and to answer your question, that's, that's exactly it. It's these big moments with, with the really, really big people. I mean, John Dempsey for me is one of the biggest and most amazing minds in, in not only comedics, but in, in, in business, you know. Um, and having him as an audience um, was probably one of, one of the, my biggest career highlights. Not that they have ended. They, it's one of the, the ones at, right now. We, we, should, we should be adding more to the highlights soon. Oh, I mean, I, 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 I know there's going to be more just simply because we're talking before we started. Your impeccable style, your impeccable oh. style, the plant, the red lip, the, I mean, I just, to say that I admire you and guys really just go to at Chomoto underscore and check her out. I am not kidding. So you you find yourself in this uh, situation. So our worlds actually um, co collide somewhere between sort of magazines. Yes. You know, when you guys go yes. on road shows, we would come through. And obviously the industry has um, um, really almost been obliterated, right, by uh, COVID-19. And the thing about Estee Lauder, the Estee Lauder company, the group, the prestige group, is that you guys have fueled the magazine industry. You've helped us keep the lights on. You knew your magazine was doing well when Estee Lauder booked a DPS or even two DPSs. You know, that's when you knew that things were going um, really well. <laughs> exactly. So how has... Um, COVID-19 affected your industry. So that is the industry that I used to work in, but how has the beauty industry been affected by what you're going uh, through right now? And how have you, I know you're going to uh, a therapist, I mean, so am I, and, and how have you kept yourself sane? Um, I think, I, I think the, the pandemic has obviously affected all of us um, differently and, you know, the, the thing about the beauty industry, and, and Mr. Lauder talks a lot about the lipstick effect in, in most of the, the, the interviews that you hear. I mean, this is Leonard he, he The lipstick effect is, is in any depression, regardless of, you know, whatever happens. Um, a woman has, has, has a way of finding that the lipstick has a psychological, gives her a psychological oomph. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Yes, it's 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 called the it's called the lipstick effect. In actual fact, it's in the news now that COVID has moved over to what what towards what we call the the moisturizer effect. Okay. Uh, because she not only is she looking because there's obviously issues around masks and the rest, but the moisturizer takes the time and gives her a little bit of time of self care. No. So she's not going to skip on that uh, because she knows that the moisturizer has to perform and considering the fact that there's so many harsh 
environmental issues and the mask itself. Um, she's taking the time to buy the right moisturizer that's going to fit her and make sure that she takes the time at night to pamper mm-hmm. herself. Um, so, so we, 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 I mean, we've, we, we've obviously shifted our business. Um, some of the models you see are changing a little bit. We're doing, we're doing things differently. We're talking to our consumers, not just um, online, but in the virtual space. Um, and we, 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 um, we're changing as, as, as the world is changing and, and, and the word pivot has been used a lot lately and that's what every company has, is, is trying to do, right? Um, we, we, we at Clinique specifically, I mean, we are pivoting more and more towards um, making sure that we reach, reach, reach our consumers, whether it's through a Zoom meeting, an Instagram live, somehow to try to, because we are touch, we were touch based for the longest time, right? Um, uh, in actual fact, one of our values is bringing the best to everyone we touch. So um, not only are we unable to touch you physically, but now we're touching you virtually. So it's, it's, been, a, it's, been, it's been a shift um, and it's, it really has been a time for us to pivot. But listen, we, 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 we really believe that uh, the best really is yet to come. There's this few issues around here and there, lockdowns, you know, as 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 and when they happen. But but like Mr. Lauder said, the moisturizer effect is 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 in is in full swing. Yeah. I think it's so I think you I had no idea about the lipstick effect. I mean I believe in three things when I'm traveling overseas and you know this from doing those long New York uh sixteen hour flights is when you land and you have a meeting straight ahead or the you know and you're kind of not feeling your best. If you have a red lip and some glass, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? Skin looks great. This is for fabulous, right? Somehow, and it's not even for other people. You're like badass. Exactly. <laughs> you just feel like okay, I can, I can do absolutely anything yeah. I want to. So you yeah. did not um, uh, study marketing. I mean, now you have. I mean, I think obviously now you um, um, have gotten. I think is it your masters? No, it's actually a PDBA. It's a, oh. a postgraduate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, believe me, more education than me. Don't worry. I have a diploma, so <laughs> I'm very impressed <laughs> by you. I live, I live, with, an, I live with, an, with an MBA graduate, so I have to constantly watch my words because how the masters then, you know, it's going to look like everybody in the house has one and the one that's missing one. So <laughs> be careful. Yeah, no, not to get it twisted. But like, so, hey, don't get exactly. But like, so then you know, you, you found yourselves and, and, and this is something that's very typical of people like us who come from so where to where you started as a receptionist because you don't have a car mm-hmm. to get around and somebody sees something in you and somebody calls you and your journey is a lot, a lot like that. But for over a decade now, you have really been in the uh, beauty industry, very sort of entrenched. And I want to know, why do you think beauty chose you? So, because you choosing it would have been you going to study the thing, but somehow your destiny came towards your commentary. It was like, this is what you're meant to do. Why do you think it's such a great fit with you? Why do you think you, you found yourself? And it's a big question, I know, but um, I, I, I know you're a highly spiritual woman and I think you have thought about your journey and you talk about it so beautifully. So you must somehow think, there's a divine reason. Absolutely, absolutely. So there's a divine and somewhat ancestral reason which I'm going to take you through. So 
Uh, I come from a family where my grandfather owned the first beauty salon in Dobsonville. No ways. So, um, yes. So at home, we never had a shop. You know, there's a shop where you go high. Other people had a had a shabin. Other people, you know, never said you got the go high. We used to cut hair. Wow. So my grandfather was a hairdresser, uh, a very accomplished hairdresser, uh, and my both my uncles worked in my grandfather other's um, hairdressing company. Then my very accomplished uncle, who I will love forever and cherish forever, um, started together with Herman Mashaba, Black Like Me. No yep. ways! <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he left, his name was Obed Tobajani. And then he left uh, Black Like Me and he started Principal Hair Products. No, no, stop it, Tromoto. Yeah. Family lineage? That's my family lineage. And um, yeah. And then he was the first man to sell a hair company to an, a multi international because he sold it to Procter and Gamble when Procter got to the country. Uh, and the only reason why he did was because Procter was looking for an inn in the African hair space and Herman was not willing to let go of Black Lamy. I actually think he had sold it to MCA or something like that. And this guy was no longer interested in principal. He, had, he was a millionaire. He was a millionaire. Um, he, sold, he, he sold principal hair products. I was telling somebody in the office last week, actually, and people were like, why are you so quiet about this? I'm like, what does it have to do with today? Um, he, sold, he sold to Procter. Um, and then a few years later, he passed away. So beauty is in my genes, Lerato. Um, yeah, yeah. I actually do my own hair. No. Okay, okay. I do my own hair. I've never, I haven't been to a hairdresser in like three years. Ah, you're such an old person. We used to be. We used to be the mannequins. Like, if, you know, he he would he would formulate new stuff because he he also worked. He also had a lab, so he'd formulate new stuff. Get home and he's like, come on, come on, come on, and then you get there and then oh, just to have. Or sometimes he tried to. You know, he was always trying new things. Um, yeah. So I come from a, a family of hair. In actual fact, when I started my my initial job outside of the receptionist job was working. Funny enough, in product development. Hmm. I did product development for a few companies, including Glowmail, including Clicks, including Edgar's. Um, and I, I understood uh, the biochemistry. I understood, I didn't study it. I understood the biochemistry of, of starting your own product, you know, and, and, and everything that's required to do that. In actual fact, I was saying to somebody, and I don't know if I said it in the previous podcast, is I used to write up stuff. I used to write up the directions and instructions for hand lotions on the back. You know, this luxurious pomegranate scented <laughs> <laughs> um, will leave your skin feeling amazing or whatever. So that was that, that was what I did before before uh, two companies before I went to to Estee And actually, fact, that was the golden thread that got me into Lauder. Um But yeah, I, I I come from a family of of beauty. So to say, right? Because hair and beauty always go together. Yes. Um, and and also the divine, you know, the, the divine is such an amazing thing because I, I honestly believe and, and there's a there's a scripture that says God gives you beauty for ashes. Yes. Um, right? Strength for fear, gladness for mourning, and peace for despair. 
Like it's like an exchange. Mm. And I believe that my life was meant to be a life of ashes. Like if you look at my history, where I'm from, you know, right? You know, you're, you're the least likely, your family is the least likely. And I honestly feel like there was this great exchange of literal beauty for us. Sure. And, and that's how I, I, I believe that I ended up here. It, it had to be. He's given me, he's literally given me beauty. And I've given my ashes, whatever those are. So, like, because your uncle um, passed away and you were born and you were given the name as a sense of giving your family, yes. mother, comfort. And yes. one of the things I wanted to ask you was, do you feel an emotional connection to him, even though you never met him? Because there, there's, I don't know, there's something that to me that felt quite warm about knowing that you've been you, the life th that you gave to 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 your mother and to us the is means a lot more than just oh they wanted a baby yeah yeah i feel i feel a connection to my mother's loss more than i do to him and i don't know if, if that yes, makes sense yes uh, my mother and and you know, my mother and I have a very weird relationship. But for 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 the most parts, um, I think I'm the only person that can have a straight up relationship conversation with her. <laughs> yeah. some, you know, when you're the only child that went to model C, Unali, you've got a little bit of leeway. I don't know. <laughs> and the last one, so you know, and. And we've had many conversations about her life, her life journey, um, her river of life, and et cetera. And there's always this replacement that she always makes. And it's not, it, I don't think she's doing it deliberately, but you know, she'll say, I was so close to my brother than you came. So I feel like I'm more of a comfort and a, and a, a channel for her, to her brother and for her brother. And, I, I, and, and yes, the name was, was for me, but I feel like this, it was for this particular person because that was her closest brother. Yeah. Um, so she, yeah, she, and she says it all the time, right? She, every single, and, and it, for the past 36 years, well, for as long as I can remember, ever since I left home, she would phone me and tell me exactly the story of my birth, like literally, like minute for minute sure. and you were born she tells the story phones me at 6 a.m every single year and tells the story and that's how important it is for her yeah i think that's in, incredible to be told the story of how you became into being right yeah and, and the significance of your life yeah. you were born at home Yes. Um, and one of the things you said, so I didn't have the most amazing of childhoods. And one of the things you said, uh, so my grandparents were alcoholics, my grandmother was bulimic. Um, so, you know, just, just like a typical situation that's not great. And one of the things you said about your childhood is that you grew up in love, you know, with a lot of love around you. Um, and you moved around and with uh, different um, um, relatives. And I, I wanted to know what your childhood felt like as somebody who, and I'm a very happy person. My life improved greatly. It's a great story. I, I wouldn't change it. It was the life that was meant for me. But I often wondered how having a good childhood, a, a loving, beautiful childhood would have shaped me, um, how different I would be. And I, I, 
I was curious when I heard you and you sounded like you were really loved. How did that shape you? What was it like being you younger? You know, that's where the sense of, of greatness comes from. Because uh, a child, and, 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 and my therapist says this a lot, is, is the environment in which you grow up in nurtures yep. purpose. So the fact that you don't have to prove your worth and, and prove your purpose and your reason to exist, and that is a given without you having to do anything, allows you to grow in love and to be a child. Mm. And, and, uh, and, uh, and funny enough, I can't say the same for my sister. It's, it's so weird. I mean, we come from both. Our parents are exactly the two same people. Mm. But, but, but I, 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 you know, my, my husband says this to me all the time. He says, he says to me, you've got a minus charge. I don't know what to call it. Unale, <laughs> I was telling him something and he's like, you and my cousin are the only two people that I know that have got that thing. And, and I, 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 I do believe that a lot of it has got to do with our childhood and, and, and how we were raised in the environment and, and how the environment nurtured, understood, cared, gave you space, made way, gave you grace um, so that you could concentrate on childhood. Um, and that's what I was given. The funny part is it didn't come from my parents necessarily. Yeah. It came from a legion of people from my mother's elder sister, who's not talking to my mother to this day, but it came <laughs> from a legion of people that just took to me and just loved me. I mean, my, there would be a fight of where I spent the December holidays because everyone wanted to have me. Right, and I would decide I'm going to my uncle's or I'm going. And when I got there, funny enough, it blo it also blocked out the non-love because when I think back, I realized maybe this one didn't like me, but I actually didn't feel it mm. because the, the I was enveloped by love so much that some of it actually didn't matter. Right? There are certain, there are certain relatives that you think of, and my sister says she this to me all the time. Do you remember so and so who did this? I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, because I was busy being a child, right? Um, and 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 that's that's what it, it is. It's, it's an environment that allows you to flourish, to thrive, um, and it's not being spoiled. It's not having everything. I didn't have everything. I, you know, I, I I didn't have many things. Um, I struggled with sport because. Half of the time I couldn't buy the stuff and then I'm like, I got to pray because actually I can't do this and I hated asking and, and, and. But at no point did I doubt that I'm loved and accepted. And that was, that was sufficient. Um, in actual fact, it was, it was all I needed. Um, and then obviously, you know, you, you have your sister who comes in and mothers you and your mother struggles and then your aunt and then your, your mother's sister and then your uncle. So I was... So I really was surrounded by love. And it, it's something to this day that I, I'm making sure that I cultivate in this home. And that home that you started when you were 19 years old. I was, you know, <laughs> when you were 22, you were having your first child. I was like, oh my God. Do you know people are at rest getting drunk? <laughs> what do I mean? When you're like in the boardroom, <laughs> you're proper, proper um, working. and. Yeah. I think for, I would reckon that for the most part of your children's uh, lives, you've been a working mother. And 
you're alive. And you yeah. also form part of the team that came up with double wear makeup. So <laughs> you are <laughs> an executive. So do, do you, now that you are a parent, how are you, first of all, let me start with, did you have mom who works guilt? Did you have that? And if you did, how did you deal with it? Because the, the beauty industry is highly demanding. Your um, KPIs are quite high. You have to um, answer at an international level, you know, which is something I understand because the, of the magazine industry. We would, we would want to do something, but you'd have to clear it with you know, this person and that person. Do you ever have that guilt? I started working, and I want to tell you the story. I, I, I used to when I was much younger, and then when I started working at Estee Lauder, um, I was in Cape Town for two days, and we were doing something, I think, with Cosmo. And I was saying to Julia Raffaele, I was like, Julia, you know, this guilt, you know, we were talking about kids as, as mothers. And that woman, and Julia said to me, your children need to watch you hustle. Right? She said to me, listen, we have a family business. We own this thing, right? Uh, and everybody is in the business. And the mommy guilt is from my mother to everybody else. But I've grown up watching my mother hustle. Mm. And the reality is, most of the time, women are going to hustle. So your guilt should be replaced by the fact that you're teaching. You're busy putting your children through school here. You're teaching them that... A woman can be a mother and hustle at the same time. It's, the two are not mutually, they're not exclusive from each other. It's, it's part of who you are. And she said, the moment you release yourself, Julia Raffaele changed my life. She said, the moment you release yourself from the guilt and you replace it with, you must watch me hustle. And then I said to her, you know, I, I had a friend who was a stay-at-home mom. We were talking about this. I had a friend who was stay because it's possible to have ex-friends, I guess. Yes, I of course. Uh, in fact, you and I need to have a conversation about uh, friendship breakups. That's a, yeah. a whole other show. People don't want yeah. to talk about that. And I've been thinking about it. You manifested it. I was like, I need to talk about friendship breakups. So you and I, our next conversation. Okay. Absolutely. I'm happy. I, 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 think, I think I've healed to talk about, to actually have, have this conversation. Three years ago, I Wow. But anyway, so my ex-friend um, was stay at home by choice. And I said this to Julia, I said, the little girl, every time she picks up money, a wallet, a coin, she runs and gives it to daddy. Because that's the custodian of money. Of the money. At 18 months old, two years old, right? Oh. She'll pick up a broom, she'll pick up, I don't know, a spoon, whatever. She gives it to mommy. But anything that's linked to money, it's a wallet, it's a piece of paper that looks, she runs to dad because somehow that's looked at, at the, as the custodian for all things money, accounting, counting and everything. And she said to me, that's because children learn through seeing. Sure. Um, it's a, you've got to hustle so they can see you hustle. And then you've got to come home and do the things that moms do so they can see that there is balance. Yeah. So no. No mommy guilt. And mommy guilt was, was the reason why I had stopped myself from uh, going into a job in Africa. And then I decided, stuff it. I'm going to work in Africa. There would be times when I'm gone for two weeks. I get about, they've got a dad. Yes. Right? <laughs> Very much so. Parents, another parent. I would be gone for two weeks. A week in Abuja, a week in Lagos, 
and then I'd come back home and spend another week and then go again. Um, and they're fine. <laughs> they're okay. Right, and I think like, okay. your, your, your story, I think, is one that's good for people to hear because you don't feel like, this is the most interesting thing about you, you don't sound like somebody who missed out, like, I do wish I was at risk, getting drunk, or whatever the case may be. You know, you just, when you speak about your journey, you have this sense of wholeness that doesn't, um, you don't get it a lot. And you are in a very sort of fickle industry. We are in a fickle industry, an, an industry that's about beauty and your looks. And I wanted to ask you how your teaching, do you, I know you have three children. Is it two girls and one boy? Two boys and one girl. Two boys and one girl. So her being the only girl there and you being in, in a very sort of, you know, perceived to be, be perfect, have this and that. What are you teaching her uh, about um, beauty, self-perception, um, you know, especially coming from the industry that you come from? You know, now my daughter is teaching me... Um, I promise you everything about self-perception and beauty. So she, um, she is completely introverted, completely introverted. And when I say this, I mean completely introverted. Um, has got a deep sense and understanding of who she is um, inwardly. I, I see this every day. And, and, I, and I watch her and I think, could that have been me or is it him? <laughs> um, She's just come out as bisexual three weeks ago. Sure, I saw on your Instagram, I was, then my next question was going to be, how did you take that? But you see how much you have to talk about? Okay, let me pace myself. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> um, but also, um, she is not interested in anything beauty related, right? Um, the only thing that, I, that you can do for a teenage daughter is to teach them um, what did I say to my son yesterday? Because I was shouting at him about it. And I said, cleanliness. Mm. You must be clean. When I go to, this is, this is f first and foremost, because, you know, there's the armpits and the, and the pimples and, and this awkward face and they're terrible. So at the moment, I'm just teaching, just be a clean human being. <laughs> the basics. Because, yeah, the basics, right? <laughs> She's not, she really isn't interested but one of the things that I do on a day-to-day -day basis, and affirmations are a big thing in our home, huge, huge thing in our home. Um, and our affirmations are not necessarily linked to looks. Uh, we talk a lot about significance. Um, and, and that's because if you think about it, the five of us have basically all grown up together. Because we were all so young when we started this <laughs> shinding here, this thing that we're doing. This whole thing, yeah. Um, and and there's, a, there's, a, there's a certain openness towards, when I say everything, I mean everything. In my home, my home is probably one of the most, I, I, I would like to think, and I'm praying for this every day, my home is the one place where my kids feel completely accepted for mm -hmm. whatever. So I don't teach, I don't teach now about beauty. I haven't given her a lipstick. I, I, I would love to say to you, I've given her a sort of coming of age lipstick. No such thing. There's no such thing here. I, I'm watching her as she teaches me the pace in which she would like to learn. Mm. And at the moment, she's this awkward um, hands in your pockets, 
always in tracksuits. I think I'm gonna significant other somewhere. I don't know. But yeah, you know, you're always in braids or she's like she she's always in braids. Um I think it's just the easiest and, and least uh, um and if, if the braids are not done, that's the only time you'll see my child upset. But other than that, and then obviously there's living with boys. I think living with boys also adds a certain level of testosterone to it because you know there's there's gotta be a fight for your space and i'm good at the video games and it's my turn and uh. um so she's she's not she's not doting she's not as she's not a ballerina she's not you know all these things that you want to do when you work in beauty you know she's not um well kept and amazing and great and groomed and no She's just a, she's a raggedy 13 year old. <laughs> she really is. So many of us were just raggedy 13 year olds. That's how you. Yeah. Yeah. I think this yeah. world that we live in where 13 year olds now must be perfect and they have things together. It's just like bizarre to me. It's like, you know, yeah, you don't have to do any of that. Um, but when I was looking, when you wrote so honestly about her coming out as bisexual to you, I thought to myself, Sure, I'm even 10 times more impressed than I thought I was before um, because that speaks to your humanity. And I love your language in what you say, you know, she's teaching you a lot. Because remember, society perception is that the, the elders, the parents, the guardians, we teach. But actually, we learn a lot. We learn a lot. What did you learn about yourself in that moment when she came out to you just about yourself and how you reacted and all of that um one of the things i learned is that you know and and and, and she's teaching me this right is is respecting your truth you know and respecting the truth of others and i wrote it last week i think i said it's good for you to have your truth but you've also got to respect the truth of others and you know someone else might say to me it's just a face but it's her reality Mm-hmm. Someone else might say, ah, oh, but she'll end up with a man. That's fine. But today, and right now, right now at three, she says that she's bisexual. And oh. I honor that. Yes. And I honor that moment. And I honor the space that she finds herself in. And I am honored that she feels, because it was over lunch. We were sitting at Casalinga and we were going out, doing our round robin in the table. And we were like, and then we ended up with um, I think, like both. <laughs> And I don't think that the dad heard, and, and here's the thing about Neon, the dad didn't hear, we continue. Then the next Sunday or the next Saturday, um, we were having a conversation with the dad and I said, yeah, but she told us. And I called her and she came out and she says, yeah, I said, you want to tell daddy what you, oh, she said, oh, I thought you heard me. <laughs> like that. <laughs> like ceremonial and coming out and I'd like to, she owns her truth and she lives it daily. But I, one of the things I learned about myself is that actually girl, you are able to understand and respect the truth of others, regardless of, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if she's going to change. It doesn't matter if she's going to end up with a man. It doesn't matter if three years down the line, she's going to be as feminine as anything. Today, this is my job right now. Mm. And I honor this moment. And I honor the fact that you're able to talk to me about it and and really trust that I'm not going to freak out. Mm. And which I didn't. It's the least of your problems, guys. Children are on deck. I'm so with you. It's the last thing to worry about. No, seriously, like, I, 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 I think that 
what you're talking about is something that before I came, before I, I sort of did my research on you, I started with uh, meditation. I try and meditate twice a day if I can or in the morning and I'll have my, um, my crystals with me. And I, I honestly, all I can think about is be here now, be present this moment now here. And if you just live for now, not, oh my God, what's going to happen to her and, and and then next year, just right now. I think that's what also Corona taught us. We only have this moment. We only have this moment. That's why like, I love your language because it's my language as well. So you and I have something similar that we do. Um, by the way, my siblings went to Westridge like you. I'm the only one. Oh, really? Yes. Both my siblings are matriculated at Westridge. But I think uh, because you and I are of a particular time, um, you know, that was probably where they probably when they were still letting in um, black people. And not yes. Um, yes. But you and I have uh, something similar that we do. We both don't put our partners up on Instagram. I have my reasons, but I really am curious as to why you don't do that. You share your beautiful house with us, your children, your trips, your running, your gorgeous body. You must see how bored, guys. Oh, my Lord. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. No, please. You work hard. You work hard. You work hard. So my, I'll tell you my reason. My, my feeling is... Um, People were not there at the beginning, so I do not want to you to be there at the end and asking me questions. I also think you must keep some stuff for yourself. There's some things that need to be sacred. So what's your reason? Um, my reasons are quite simple. He's not on social media. So why am I bringing somebody in a space <laughs> that they willingly, <laughs> voluntarily, <laughs> I'm not in. He's got no Facebook account, no Twitter account. Well, I think that's really hard to listen. He's got so why am I my labor? <laughs> why am I laboring yeah. to bring somebody into something that they're actually not interested in, right? Mm -hmm. He's a 41-year-old man that can do whatever he wants. And I listen, I'm I'm happy for people whose partners are on to tag each other. What, what. <laughs> the only difference here is this person is not on this thing. So yeah. Why are you bringing this person on here? <laughs> because now I've got to labor to find the right moment to capture. He, he's actually honestly not interested. <laughs> he's not interested. <laughs> you can think, and, and this is the thing, right? So I got asked a very cheeky question on Sunday, and it was great because I took glasses of champagne and I could answer it. Oh, but, <laughs> you know, yeah. But, I see, where is he? Does he exist? He is alive. He shouldn't have a father. And I'm like, but who knew now? Listen, he's here. He just doesn't want to be here where you are, where you see him. But he's here. But why am I bringing somebody into a space that they actually natively don't want to be in? Yeah. Really? I will listen if it's if it's something if it's something I want to share with you about him. Of course, uh, you graduated to MBA. Congratulations, uh, happy anniversary, or whatever you know. But he's not here, and we don't live here in the city. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> I'm gonna curate. I'm gonna curate. His name is Tupelo. I'm gonna curate Tupelo so you guys can feel like, yeah, he's in the. Now I must also find a spot to make sure he doesn't. Oh, no, no. If he doesn't want to, as a grown ass man, then he must stay off because this is not. We don't live here right. in the phones. Yeah, I know. My clients can agree because they're mine. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And my children, to a certain extent, I also have to ask, right? Yes. But a whole person with agency no. can do what they want, and it's my page. So, it, you, uh, did you come to see me? Yes, I'm yes. here. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I haven't laughed as hard in this podcast. I, I, like, I when I look at it, I'm not going to regret it. You've made me laugh so hard. I actually, like, I'm crying. I can't. So, I can't. No. And I'm not hiding him with funny faces or whatever. He's just, listen, he's just not here yes. in this Instagram world. Yes. You won't see him, you can use, and you're more than welcome to see him anywhere else. He's, he's, he's actually just a, a tidbit about the guy. He's, he's probably one of the most intelligent human beings I've ever met. Um, super humble, super smart. But also, it takes a lot to be with somebody like me. Yeah. <laughs> For well, very long. That's what I was going to ask, that our partners are very important in our yes. growth and our advancement as, in, as human beings. And I was going to ask, because you guys have grown up together. You were a teen, teen. You had a teen when you got married in your age. And now you're 36. And so you have become, and I know it's happened with me, where you go you separately because you don't grow in the same direction so i was like i was going to ask you about him as a as a man to be able to just grow with you and support you and be with you and look after children for two weeks while you you go to niger you know that's an extraordinary person to be with yeah yeah one of the things um he said to me when i started my career i said i said it's time for you to fly and that for me was and and it's it's got no conditions for you to right um but also one of the and and, and i don't want to make this a, a relationship talk but you've got to allow your partner to grow into the different versions of themselves as often as they feel like mm. oh oh you need to say that loud for the people at the back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you do so bad. You, you have to give space for your partner to grow into the different many versions of themselves as often as they feel. And, and that for me is what this partnership has given me space to grow into myself, but also space to change and to reinvent myself. I am not the same person that he married. A hundred percent. We're constantly doing, um, not even revaluations. Listen, our values are the same. And we speak about this all the time. Values change. Values stay the same. Your values stay the same. You are what you believe in and what you intrinsically believe in in your core. Yes. You are staying the same, right? But the rest, Mm -hmm. uh, there was a long time in my life that I didn't drink. And then... I'm like, let me have a glass of champagne. And then I like gin. And then I change it now. <laughs> and the man is steadily, the man is steadily and quietly, not even quietly because he doesn't need to say much, but 
the, the, the support that says, oh, mm-hmm. so we are in this version now. Great. Yes. Love to meet her. What do you like? You know, yeah. um, that is what, is what has allowed me, what, what has allowed us the past 17 years of marriage. Because <laughs> it's, yeah. So you, you it's it's this it's this constant give and he talks about grace a lot. You know, he, he loves the word grace because the word grace is it's it's also even when you wrong me, right? It's it's not even when you change, but it, it's even when you wrong me in your change that I'm gonna make space. I'm gonna allow you the space to come back to me when you feel that it's the, it's the time for you to, after you've reinvented, I'm still going to be here. Come back to me. And, and that's, I don't talk about this often. I don't ever actually think I've spoken about it publicly. It's the first time, but, and that's, that's basically what's, what's allowed this. It's the give. It's the, it's the room. It's the grace. Um, it's the, it's the, you've changed and I love it. It's the not, not that you've changed. You know, it's, cha- it's you've changed, and I, oh, I love you. <laughs> I will never, ever forget this. Do you know that I will never, ever forget what you just said? Because the the thing about growing is that you sometimes don't even know you're about to go through a gin period. You know what I'm saying? And you find yourself going through it, and you were hoping that people are willing to bear witness of who you are becoming. We're constantly becoming, Michelle Obama said. And when somebody allows you, I had dreadlocks for 20 years, and then I decided I'm cutting them off. It's so good to just, to just be. So that's just, I'll never forget that. I'll never, like, I'm just, I actually want to write it down, and and I'll credit you every time I say it, because I think it's just... I think it's incredible. So I want to do something I have never done before with a guest. But before I do that, I have one question. I have one final question to ask you. I hope it's not controversial. Right now, you are working as a brand general manager uh, for the Clinique brand. And you really have been had an illustrious career by way of being in product development to... um, going to places like Nigeria and Ghana and seeing what women are looking for there, intrinsically knowing what South African women want, and then marketing products to them, to trying to find, to developing a foundation with some of the best minds um, that works for black skin. So you have totally worked the, the industry and it's an industry that has transformed very slowly. Um, remember the days when there was one foundation for every black girl because we are one. Yeah. Even I used to call it the universal foundation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's one universal foundation. And you've, you've been in rooms and had the opportunity to speak about what women want and sample and work with magazine editors and other brand managers. So my question, the thing that makes it controversial is, what are you going to do with all of that knowledge? Because <laughs> I think you know where I'm trying to go. Because I do not believe, I, I do believe that this is the beginning for you. And I know when somebody has had um, a career for this long and have done really well, um, 
you, you, you can be just happy with where you are. But what do you want to do with that knowledge? What's, it's, and it's not a what's next for you. It's, um, I feel like this beauty thing, because of your family and the calling and the spirit, and there is something there. And I hope your, your the God and the ancestors are going to allow you the permission to talk about it as, as openly as you possibly can without giving too much away. But I have an instinct that the thing that made your classmate in Westridge who said next to you was white to say Komoto, you must you must say it properly. The thing that made you say this is the kind of foundation that black women in South Africa are looking for. There's something. What is that thing? What am I sensing? Like what is it about your future and product design and marketing and being black and being a woman and being a something is ascending from you. Why do I think so? <laughs> That, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I, I actually, I honestly feel like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting with my future speaking. <laughs> um, and really, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm sitting with my future speaking. What I, what I, what I do know at the moment, what I, and, and what I'm, what I know for sure is that my journey is only just beginning. But what I also know for sure is that there's a certain responsibility that I have to fulfill within the corporate space that's just going to open up a little bit more doors for people like me. Um, and, and, and if you were to ask me what my next step is, I'm currently heading up inclusion and diversity as a head sponsor for the affiliate. Um, oh. Because, yeah, yeah, um, I'm, for the, yeah so I'm, I'm basically representing the South African affiliate to the regional team on inclusion and diversity and, and, and you call it a lot more... Um, and just inclusion and diversity, but that, that's that's the one space to start. And and I feel a great sense of responsibility before I leave the table to add a few more people onto the table. Um, so so my future goals are, are are really at the moment to add more seats onto the table and yeah. to give uh, people like me, um, and and it's not just black people, but it's it's all people of color in South Africa because I'm I'm very passionate about the forgotten colored, very passionate about. Them. To one day, I think that I think that there's, a, there's, there's something that we as a country somehow need to to help our kind of communities towards, um, and it's and it's, it's something that I'm passionate personally about. Uh, but I, I I think that before I move off the table, um, I don't enjoy being the only one. And, and yes. No me. At the moment, it's still me. And and yes, yes, I, yes, there is an opportunity. And you know, I, I listen to your podcast with, with Sylvester, and, and I, I say this to people all the time. And he he's so good when he says, um, it, it was so hard without the name, you know, without the, the Nando's name, without the Viacom name, I, you know, you know that too. And I even say to people, it's only two minutes and twenty-two seconds of your time. If you're working, you need to listen to him. Say, oh, thanks, um, That's you know. I didn't tag you, but, but I did. I was like, guys, if you're working, you need to listen to this because obviously, you know, you are homo of estate order, but, but also I, I feel a great sense of responsibility to nurture, to bring, to open, to send the ladder down, whatever you want to call it, um, because I don't enjoy being the only. Um, and at the moment, yeah. I'm the only. Yeah, my friend Lynette Ntuli said, being the only is very lonely. And I never forgot it because it's not great. <laughs> you know, South Africa deals with a lot of accomplishments. 
you know, it, it's yeah. Don't look at it and go, I'm the I'm the only, and, and as a result, I'm great. But I I you know this spearheading inclusion and diversity also allows me outside of the moaning space to actually add a strategic objective yep. to both myself and for the affiliate to make a real change instead of sideline moaning. You know, Grenade Brown says something so important when she was speaking to Jada and she said, if you haven't been in the ring, you've got no right to exercise. Yes, I do not take your feedback. Thank you. So I, let me go in the ring and let me, let, me, let me find ways that are going to channel my energy because here's the other thing about black executives is we, we, we moan a lot about lack of experience, lack of um, uh, opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. And then when you're given the space to formally do that, it's too much work, it's an extra project, I don't wanna do it. Um, so what do you want, you know? And, and, and I feel such a great sense of privilege to be given this for whatever reason, but to be given this and, and it to run as a strategic part of the business to go from our employees all the way to how we develop products, all the way to how our communication codes are done, to how we speak to our consumers, how we shoot, et cetera, et cetera. All of that stuff in and of itself is an inclusion and diversity. So it's not just about what you do on the face of HR, but how can I indeed add and have a strategic seat in the decision-making table yep. um, of a company? And that's, that, that's the part of my journey that I'm most excited about. Uh, look, listen, as somebody who I do talks on unconscious bias, particularly yeah. to others, diversity yeah. and inclusion, I think it's so important because you cannot ask for Actually, you cannot get a seat at the table by being outside and nothing. You have to be in the room to say, actually, I know an, another person of color. Let me, here's a seat, sit down. Let me, that is such an important thing. And I know mentorship means um, a lot to you um, with the stuff that you did for CETA when you started also with your career. And I think I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going um, uh, to do, whether it... Even me. <laughs> I think it's going to be incredible because your heart and your everything is, is in, the, in the right place. So, Nzopatreka, like I said, I've never done this before, but it would be a miss for me not to do this with somebody who you look after Clinique, Smashbox, it's been been <laughs> So I've got to ask yeah. you, by the way, like eight hour cream needs to make me an ambassador. Let me just say that. <laughs> like, guys, I've been using eight hour cream on my lips for years. Ask all my friends, they will tell you. I know how much it costs from the time beauty editor said use it i use it yeah. also i'm calling into my future i have a tom ford shrine you know ululu was like i love yeah. for introducing me to woodwood too so jay maybe one day i'll do an ad or something you know? <laughs> okay <laughs> look at me ne? so because of the amazing brands you have worked with i want to ask you some questions i'm going to pretend this is a magazine spread um okay. and it's a, a two-page on you okay so first question uh, it's just 10 questions now yeah first one okay. is what is your all-time favorite fragrance yes it's a lot of you 
beautiful. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's sensational. Okay, what's your favorite? And I'll tell you what. Let me tell you why. Yeah. My uncle had a wife who, do you know, there were those ladies back in the days, ne, that were, um, that had French manicures. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and they were a little bit chubby, these, these ladies. Yes. They had French manicures, beautiful skin, eyelashes, but not like the individual lashes. Um, and they had, they didn't have wigs, but they had this beautiful hair. Yes. My uncle married a woman like that. And I, she just smelled like beautiful, which was like this, the house was beautiful. She was beautiful. The fragrance was beautiful. It was just this whole <laughs> mixture of beautiful. And, and it was the first fragrance that my husband bought for me, even before I wore a face. Oh, wow. Uh, see, now we know something. Now we know something. I thought the, 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 the Estee Lauder Beautiful um, ad that was done now for coronavirus was just like, yeah, right? amazing. Yeah. It was really amazing. Okay, what's your favorite uh, daytime fragrance? Do you know, Tom Ford Ombre Leather. I know it's like, mm. yeah, that's, and you know, it feels wintry, but in the summer, it slides differently. Oh, okay. And it makes me all note. And then your nighttime scent? Like when you're going out to a night or a date? Uh, no, my nighttime scent is a Jo Malone bath. Um, yeah, so at night we don't put a fragrance on. We go into a Jo Malone bath and we put on the Jo Malone lime basil and mandarin body cream. We don't Ooh. say it. Oh, I can just I can just smell it from here. <laughs> Even red roses. Um, oh, wow. you just, okay. and, you, and you switch on a candle. That's your nighttime scent. Yeah. No yeah. need for a fragrance. At least I know what to buy you for your birthday on the 29th of March next year. Okay, <laughs> okay your favorite male scent. Um, whether it's the one that you buy your husband the most or the one that you like on him, what's your favorite male scent? Undoubtedly, Woodward. Oh, girl, yes. Without a shadow of doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. Like, it is the most... Opulent. Classic. Like, just... Ah. It's delicious. Mm. Too much. Okay, what... Um, products do you have in your bag at the moment? Sure. You are asking. <laughs> it depends how big the bag is. Okay. It's always a red lip. Okay. Always a red lip. Always. Uh, a buffing brush because you put on the mask and you put it off and then you're back. Uh -huh. um, and what else? That's it, really, because my makeup is long wearing, though. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, what is the one product you're never without? Like the one product, like you're just beauty product. Obviously, you, you have deodorant. Hey, roll on. Hey, good moisturizer. Yeah. Can't stress the importance. Do you know, we as, as black people love the squeaky clean clean. And I realized that it's, you know, as you travel and as you learn, you realize actually not everybody loves the squeaky clean feeling that we get. Other people love a milky clean, but anyway, uh -huh. um, 
the squeaky clean needs a moisturizer like it's just ready for a moisturizer mm. what is the product that you believe is most underrated like that people don't shout about that you're just like more people need to use it more people need to know about it do you know i'm going to say something and it's going to sound uh controversial because there's been so many controversial questions around this the power of a clarifying lotion slash toner please understand me and its ability to wipe away dead skin cells because <laughs> the process happens every seven days yes that's the difference maker in my skincare routine. Mm. You can wash your face, but if you don't find a way to wipe, because your skin shades every seven days, it does itself. It's just to take away the dead skincare cells. Difference mm. maker, clarifying lotion. Listen, you're the plug. Okay, last three questions. What are your five skincare essentials items? A cleanser. Okay. Okay. Uh, it is across all. You said skincare. Yes. Okay. A cleanser, an exfoliator, a moisturizer, a serum, and sunscreen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sunscreen. Black people. Sunscreen. Please. Don't people. Kind of crack. Don't crack. You. Mm -mm. Yeah. Sunscreen. 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 Yeah. Second last question is: Who is your beauty icon, and why? Oh, my beauty icon. That's a difficult one. Gosh, I haven't thought about it. Really? You see, I betray oh. you. That's a betray. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's a betray of another kind, actually. It can be somebody beauty. you know, your mom. No, really, actually. Gosh, this is a lot. Hold on. <laughs> You see, this is great. This is what I live for. I live for asking questions you have not been asked because, you know, you've, you've done so many interviews. Do you know, I'm going to say somebody and it's not going to be, it's not going to be a surprise to you, but the day that I met Lulu Devu, I was like, oh. <laughs> like, she's, you know, when you're just like, that skin, your brows. Yeah. How? The skin, the brows, the smile. The I used to hate taking pictures with her because I'm like, umu I Lulu's one of the most beautiful women I have, and she she taught me a lot as well about how to take care of your of your face and how you look and how you smell. Gosh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, let's give, let's give it to Lulu. Uh, ben, I'm, gonna, yeah, ben, I'm giving it to you. If you're watching this, I'm giving it to you. <laughs> we are giving it to you, Lulu. We love you. We're giving it to you. And then my last question is, please complete the sentence for me. Beauty is? Beauty is being your most authentic self. You know, I really believe in the power of authenticity, even in fake 2020. You watch a woman who's gained an extra three kilograms decide that she looks fabulous. Decide. Me too. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you know, it's something that shines through in what you believe about yourself without seeking the external validation. Yeah. There's something that shines through with just a undeterred, I'm still hot. I don't know. For me, that's, it's, it's what you intrinsically believe about yourself and it's, yeah. it's and as authentic as you can get. There are so many things that can make you beautiful. So, so many. I mean, we're running, we're running out of things that can make you feel beautiful. It's ridiculous. But if it doesn't come from an authentic belief of actually, I really am, mm. then I don't think you can claim beauty. Listen, I'm going to carry these, these uh, extra kilograms with the most cuteness can <laughs> Because it's the only body I have, you know, honor it. Absolutely. Honor it. Love it. Amazing. Love you back. Like, you are amazing. This is the longest conversation I've ever had on this podcast, but I don't care. It was was worth it. Um, You. I, I hope you continue to get into the rooms where our voices are needed, where our representation is needed, where our bodies are needed. Continue to represent us. Continue to be a champion for authenticity, grace, and beauty. And please do a house tour. <laughs> at some point, look at her, she's cringing. She's like, uh, not yet, but you're just. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are amazing. Um, continue just being you and doing the most amazing work. You represent us and keep uh, extending the ladder, keep making up space at the seat at the table and keep thriving. You are a daughter in whom God is pleased and thank you for honoring me. So much, you know, when the podcast was launched, I was probably one of the people that was like, Yay! and then you don't know that you're going to be. <laughs> oh, I know. And I really genuinely was. I'm like, We need more voices, and it's funny oh. that you, you know, your voice is added to, to this. And I wish you all the best. You're doing amazing work, and you're exposing us to some of the best and most brilliant minds in this country, and that keeps us going and inspired. So, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much, Homozo. You're amazing. All right. Thanks for that, though. Time for some champagne. Yes, please. please, please. <laughs> uh, champagne for you, a Savannah for me, later or rosé. Yeah. Just enjoy this beautiful, beautiful day. weather. Yeah. At underscore on Instagram. Follow her. She's fair. Chat soon, babe. Bye. Bye, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Roberto.